Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Chapter, it's chapter 4, verse 10. I know you're standing. You've been standing a while. If you need to be seated, you can. And she said, let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. And let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi's servant, call this Shunammite. When he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto her, say now unto her, behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And, and she answered, I dwell among mine own people. And he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, verily she hath no child. And her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, According to the time of life. Amen. I want to preach to you on this subject tonight, making room for your miracle. Making room for your miracle. I wonder if you could just lay your Bibles down for a moment, lift your hands to the Lord. We lift our hands because it's a, it's a representation of surrender unto the Lord. The Bible says to lift your heart with your hands. I lift my heart to you tonight, God. I need you in my life. I need answers for my life. Lord, I need wisdom in which to walk by. Lord, and to make decisions. God, I need, I need instruction on the way I should live. Lord, God, I need, I need strength, God, to help me get through the day, Jesus. Lord, I just pray today, God, that your hand would be upon this service. Lord, that you would be upon each person under the sound of my voice. I pray, God, that you would send your spirit to minister, Lord in whatever capacity that you deem necessary to bring your will to pass. I pray that you would loose your anointing, God. Anoint us, God, our eyes to see and our ears to hear and our hearts to be understanding of your word. Anoint my tongue, Lord, that I might speak, Lord. God, as the tongue of the learned, that I might speak, God, what thus saith the Lord, and will give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Making room for your miracle. In, in each of these stories, um, there is, um, there is a, a great need. Um, in each of these stories, these stories have a, a lot of similarities uh, in a lot of ways. Um, if you go back and read the whole story, 
with each one of them, you'll find um, that these people needed something from the Lord. Amen. Uh, really, if you don't really understand um, that you need God, there will be circumstances rise in your life that you don't have answers for. And uh, you will, it will be made plain to us that we need the Lord. Every one of us need God. Amen. We need him every day of our lives. Um, one of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest um, assets to a life sometimes can be emptiness. Amen. I, I think uh, we, we live in the United States of America. We are blessed. Uh, we, we are a blessed people. We live in a blessed country. Uh, we, uh, we have uh, good jobs and uh, nice houses and nice cars in which to drive. And we have the, uh, all the comforts that this life can bring. Uh, sometimes um, those things can work against us. Amen. When it comes to uh, uh, knowing God and, and understanding uh, the plan and the will of God for our lives, um, how many know that you can't you can't feed somebody that's not hungry? Amen. And you can't you can't give somebody something that don't want it or don't need it. Amen. Uh, I remember uh, some some time back on on Saturday mornings uh, there for a while we had a, a tradition in my household where um, I was at home on Saturdays and I would get up and make French toast, and uh, the kids loved it for a little while. And uh, I would get up and, and make French toast, and we'd all eat French toast together. And, and uh, one morning I got up, Saturday morning, and they're hungry. Man, somebody say they're hungry. Man, I feel like I'm on an island up here by myself. They're hungry. And, and they're like, Dad, are we going to have French toast? And I was like, well, we're, we're out of eggs, so let me run to the store real quick and and, and when I get back, I'll make French toast. So I ran down to the store and, and got a dozen of eggs and, and, and ran into the kitchen and was making up French toast. And, and usually when they smell it cooking, they'll come running to the kitchen. But nobody was coming. And, and I was like, well, guys, French toast. Nobody's coming. Hey, where's everybody at? Well, I go looking for them then. Well, they're in their rooms and round about us. Aren't you guys hungry? No, we already are. But I got delicious French toast sitting on the table, enough for seven people. Enough for seven people, but there's only one that's hungry. Because everybody else had already satisfied that desire for food. Amen. That emptiness, that void on the inside. Amen. Sometimes being hungry is good. Amen. Being hungry tells you that there's a desire on the inside. The, the, the greatest, uh, Jesus said, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. 
Amen. If you have a hunger for it, a desire for it, and you search for it, you'll find it. Amen. He said, if you ask, you're going to receive. If you seek, if you find, if you knock, it's going to be opened up to you. But if you don't ask, you're not going to receive. And if you don't seek, you're not going to find it. If you don't knock, it's not going to be opened. And if you don't have a hunger for the things of God, you're not going to get what he has for you. Amen. It's, you can't just go nonchalantly and, uh, through life and not have a desire or a hunger. The, the, the greatest enemy against hunger is fullness, is satisfaction. It's a lack of need. Amen. If you don't need it, you don't go after it. Amen. If you don't need it, there's no want. There's no desire on the inside. Amen. The, the, uh, the Laodicean church had a problem with being complacent and apathetic because they had everything that they needed. They were, they were rich and increased with goods. And they even said they have no need of, they have need of nothing. Amen. They have everything that they want. They have food on the table, clothes on their back. They have the luxuries of this life. They have no, they have need of nothing but Jesus said unto them thou art wretched and miserable and poor and naked you don't understand you're full with the things of this world but you don't have a hunger for the things of God I'm going to tell you you might have the satisfaction and, and the, the, the luxuries of this life and everything that money can buy you might have the food and the, the things of this world that you need but if you don't have the spiritual things of God. You are empty. You are broken and you have nothing in your life. Somebody say amen. In fact, if you're full on the inside with other things, you don't even see that you need these things. And to me, that's scary. The fact that I can be in need of something and not understand that I need it. Fullness is the enemy of hunger. Amen. So when we're full, somebody say, you're full yourself. Amen. Let's, you're full of what you want, your own thoughts, your own desires, oh, what you want for your life, your own dreams, what you want to do with your time. Amen. What you want to do with your effort and with your energy. Amen. You're full of yourself. Amen. But in order to, to get a hold of the things of God, there's got to come a point or a time in our life where we begin to get emptied out. Amen. Where we begin to understand that these things are not going to bring me the satisfaction and fulfillment that I desire. Amen. And sometimes when God's got a plan on your plan for your life, he will allow things to begin to fall apart on the outside so that we would understand the need for him on the inside. Come on. Sometimes he will allow things to arise in our lives where we have great needs, where nobody around us can meet the need 
need, where money can't meet the need, and the doctors can't meet the need, and and the church can't necessarily meet the need. But you have uh, you you begin to have a desire to call on the name of the Lord. Amen. I don't want to get so blessed in this life that I forget that I need Him. I don't want to get so blessed in my life and in my family where I forget that I even need the Lord on a daily basis. God, don't let me get so lifted up in myself where you have to tear me down, where you have to allow things to happen so that I can be humbled under the mighty hand of God. Paul said it this way, I have learned. I have learned how to abound and how to be abased. I have learned how to flourish and how to have nothing. Amen. In fact, he said, in no matter what state I'm in, I have learned. Somebody say, I've learned. Amen. I have learned therewith to be content, to realize if I'm flourishing, it might not always be this good. And if I'm at the bottom, I'm not always going to be here. Amen. Because life comes in seasons. But regardless of the state that I'm in, I know one thing for sure, that God never changes. And he's never in need. And he never has a question that he can't answer or it's a problem that he don't have a solution to. So regardless of what I'm going through, I know that God stays the same. And he is rich in mercy and he is rich towards me and he will meet all of my needs according to his riches in glory. Clap your hands to the Lord for he's worthy. Amen. The king of Israel had a problem with the king of Moab. Uh, the king of Moab decided he wasn't going to be submitted to the king of Israel anymore. And uh, it, uh, it vexed the king of Israel. The king of Israel got upset. And he, so he went to the king of Judah, which was Jehoshaphat. And he said, uh, I need you to go with me. I'm going to, I'm going to go out against Moab, and we're going to, I'm going to smite Moab. And Je Jehoshaphat said, I'll go with you. Uh, my horses will be as your horses. My army is your army. We'll go together. And the Bible says that they went the southern route through Edom. And they picked up the king of Edom on their way to go to Moab uh, to smite the Moabites. Well, then they got so far, they got a seven-day journey into the wilderness. They realized there's no water out here. There's, they had a plan, right? They, they, they had a journey that they mapped out, but they didn't think about water. They got seven days journey, and they had no water. Amen. They got out in the middle of the wilderness, but they didn't have, how many know you can't live without water? Amen. Their horses, their cattle, uh, all of their men, everybody was in desperate need of some water. But if you're seven days journey into a land that don't have any water, how many know that it's seven days to get back where you came from? Amen. And they're out of water, so they are stranded in a in a basically a desert place with no water and no ability to get water. 
Amen. And so they were in a they were in a situation that they couldn't get out of. Amen. They made a plan to do something, and they found out that it wasn't going to work out according to the way that they wanted to. How many times have we have we done things in our lives, made decisions, went out on a limb or on a journey without inquiring of the Lord first, and found ourselves in a place that we could not get out of? Come on, we found ourselves in a situation where we needed something that we did not have. It was our decision. We made the choice. We made the, 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 the decisions. We made the steps to move forward with it. We journeyed far away from home or where the purpose of God was and we found our place in a situation where we're thirsty and we don't have the answers anymore. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. And so the king of Israel, which was Jehoram, I believe was his name, he was the offspring of Ahab. If you know anything about Ahab, he was a godless king. He didn't listen to the prophets of Israel. He had a wife named Jezebel. Amen. We all know Jezebel. Nobody wants to be like Jezebel. Amen. If somebody had a child and named her Jezebel, that would be a curse. You notice how nobody ever names some Bible characters. They never names their children after certain Bible characters. I don't know very many Goliaths. Do you? A lot of Davids. Amen. And so Jezebel was 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 a godless queen. She 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 set up idol worship in Israel. She, she, she promoted idol worship in Israel and drew the people away from the God, the, the only true God. Amen. They didn't, they didn't worship under Ahab, the God of Israel. And, and under Jehoram, they didn't worship the God of Israel either. Amen. They, they, didn't, they, didn't, uh, they didn't inquire of the prophets. They, 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 they had a disdain for the prophets of the Lord. In fact, the prophets of God wouldn't even go into Israel at that time because they knew their lives would be in jeopardy. Amen. They, 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 they would always inquire of the, the prophets of Baal because they knew that the prophets of Baal would tell them what they wanted to hear. Amen. But how many know that somebody telling you what you want to hear all the time will set you up for failure. It will set you up for destruction. It, wanna, uh, it may be good in a moment. Amen. But there will come a time where the wages of sin is death. There will come a time when the, the, the choices and the decisions that we're making based, it on, based on wicked counsel will become fruitful in our lives and will destroy our very well-being. So Somebody say amen. Jehoram went out after his own accord. And when he got out there, he told the other two kings, he said, I guess the Lord brought us out here to destroy us by the hand of the Moabites. Amen. Because, listen to me, decisions made outside of the will of God are always filled with uncertainty. If you have question in your life, you're making decisions based on your own desires and God's not ordering your steps because when God orders your steps and you know that he ordered it, there's a confidence. Come on, there's a faith that comes with it because I know I'm here on God's accord, not on my own accord. And I don't have to worry about what's going to happen to me because I'm 
My steps are ordered of the Lord. And if he brought me out here, he's going to take care of me. Where the finger of God points, the hand of God will always provide. Where he orders you to go, he will make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. And so they, there was so much uncertainty in the spirit of Jehoram because he knew he made the decision after the desire of his own heart. And he got into a place where he didn't have the answer anymore. And he threw up his hands and said, well, I guess we're going to be the prey for the Moabites. And Je Jehoshaphat spoke up. And he said, don't we have a prophet? Isn't there a prophet around here that we can inquire of the Lord through? Isn't there a man of God around here that we can ask? Amen. Je Jehoshaphat had Elisha with him. Amen. Because the, the king of Judah didn't go anywhere without Elisha. Come on, because the prophet, it, it, it indicates direction. Come on, it indicates the voice of God. It indicates the word of the Lord. Somebody that can get in touch with God. I'm going to tell you, I don't want to walk through this life without somebody in my world that can preach me a word or give me direction or give me understanding in moments of question. Amen. I'm thankful for Bishop Bounds. I'm thankful for a man of God in my life who I can call on the phone, where I can inquire of, and I can say, help me pray. Help me find direction. Help me get a word from God in this time in my life. It's invaluable. Amen. It's invaluable. He called, he called Elisha. Bring Elisha up here. Elisha comes up, and if you read it yourself, you're going to, it seems as if Elisha's not very happy about it. Comes up. He's with them. <laughs> Think about it. He got drug into this mess. He's with them. He got, he, they pull him up, and they say, can you inquire of the Lord for us? We're stuck. We, we need water. He said, well, I don't care anything about you pointing at the, the, the king of Israel or you, the king of Edom. But because I regard and have respect for Jehoshaphat, I'll inquire of the Lord. Certain people have favor with God. Amen. Why? Because they care what he says. They honor his word. And people who honor God's word carry great weight with the Lord. Amen. He hears their prayer. He hears their cry. Amen. So Elisha said, bring me a minstrel. Amen. They begin to play the music. As they begin to pray, play music and worship. Before the Lord, the Bible says the hand of the Lord settled upon Elisha. Amen. That's one reason why I like music in church. Amen. Some people don't want music in church, but I, it's biblical. There's something that happens when we begin to use those instruments to lift up the name of Jesus. Amen. And usher in the presence of the Lord. 
Amen. Before the, the 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 prophet of God could get a word from the Lord, they had to they, they they brought in the minstrel. They began to play, Amen, and worship the Lord with their instruments. And all of a sudden, the hand of the Lord settled upon Elisha, and Elisha gave them a commandment. He said, "Make this valley full of ditches." Amen. Somebody say ditches. Has anybody ever dug a ditch? make you a ditch digger. <laughs> World needs ditch diggers too, right? Brother Mike? Hey Amen. I've dug my share of ditches. It's hard. It's back-breaking work. It is. Uh, it takes labor to dig ditches. Amen. The Lord gave them a commandment in the middle of the desert. Make this valley full of ditches. The water's going to come. The water's coming. In fact, there's going to be enough water for you and for all of your flocks and your herds. For all the animals and the people you have with you, there's going to be enough water for. And it's going to help you to defeat the Moabites. But in order for you to receive... The water, you got to dig the ditches, right? And so understand that God gave them a command. They asked something of him, and he said, it's coming. The water's coming. It's ordered. It's coming into this valley where you're at. It's coming, but you got to prepare yourself to receive it. Come on, you got to get ready to receive what I'm going to send to you. You got to get you you got to get make some room for the water that I'm going to send. I'm going to send the water, but the question is, are you going to be ready when it comes? Are you going to be ready to receive it? He gave them a commandment. It, it wasn't a question. Well, you can decide whether or not you want to dig the ditch, but the water's coming. Amen. Well, I want to tell you, if they would not have dug the ditches, they would not have had anything to receive the water. How many times has God wanted to rain upon our lives, but we didn't have the faith to prepare to receive it? How many times has God wanted to pour something of value into our lives, but we were too stubborn to remove the things that were getting in the way? Amen. How many times has God wanted to fill us with the Holy Ghost, but we refused to be obedient and submissive to the Word of God? How many times? times. Dig this valley full of ditches. Get your shovels. Come on. Get your headbands on because you're fixing the sweat. Amen. Whenever you're digging a ditch, you're removing something out of the way so something else can take its place. Amen. You're digging a ditch in faith. I'm removing this out. How many know it's hard work digging ditches? Amen. It's hard work sometimes living for God. It's hard to dig into the heart, the, the ground of your heart, and start removing things that you know are not pleasing to God so that he can put something in its place. Amen. In order for us to receive what God has for us, we got to be willing to get rid of some stuff so he can replace some things in our life and meet the need on the inside. Somebody say amen. With every shovel full, they were making room for the water that God was going to send. 
Amen. Anytime God does something for us, he expects us to operate in faith before. Amen. We, we, we do it before the miracle comes, right? We, we, we step out and do it first because God's word spoke it. Amen. And so once the prophet spoke it, they grabbed their shovels and they started digging. Amen. Digging in a ground that don't receive water, right? Because, because it, there's no water in the ground in the desert. Somebody say amen. Uh, there's, there's nothing there. It's a, it's a place that, that, that has no water. But when God said he's going to bring it, he's going to bring it. Amen. And so having the faith to prepare beforehand. Amen. It might not happen the way that you want it to happen or that you think it's going to happen or in the time that you thought it was going to happen. But understand, if you have the faith to remove it, God has the faith to fill it. Come on. If you have the faith to make the room for what God has for you, he will fill Fill it in Jesus' name. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. But he didn't tell them how deep to dig the ditches. But listen, he's going to fill the ditch. Amen. So if they dug it six feet deep, six feet of water. Amen. The people that have the most are the people that dig the deepest ditch. Amen. The people that have the most of what, what, what God wants to give is the people that are willing to remove that stuff out of their life. Come on. They're, they're willing to empty it all out. They're willing to stay out there all night and dig in prayer. They're willing to do whatever's necessary to get what they need. Amen. I got a big family. I got to dig a big ditch. Come on, I want everything that God has for me. I want him to fill me to the fullest. I want, I want him to fill all of my being, my household, my bank accounts. Come on, my heart, my life, my job, everything that's connected to me, I want it to be filled with the glory and the presence of God. The people who dig the most are the people that have the most. Amen. So if you do a little bit of work, you're going to have a little bit. Amen. If you do a little bit of digging, you're going to have a little. If you do a little bit of praying, you're going to have a little. Amen. If you, if you do a, a little bit of reading your Bible, you're going to have a little. Amen. You're going to have a little bit of, uh, of wisdom and understanding. Amen. You might have a great capacity to learn and a great call of God on your life, but if you're not willing to dig, come on, if you're not willing to put some effort and some energy into your soul, into your spirit, into your eternity, if you're not willing to dig it out, God's not able to put in what you're not willing to receive. Somebody say amen. Somebody say, I want it all. Fill me up, Lord. Amen. Fill me up. It's 8 o'clock. Can I go on? In chapter 4, it starts out with a woman that is in need. Okay? The first incident, they created their own dilemma. Okay? 
God gave them a way out of their dilemma that they created. They got in the problem, and then they asked for the Lord. The other other day we were talking about skydiving. Because somebody wants to take my wife skydiving. And I said, you're on your own. I'm not going in no plane and jumping out. Just say that to yourself. I'm going to get on a plane and jump out. Say it over and over and over. Eventually, it'll sink in. And you'll say, I'm going to get on a plane and jump out? (laughs) And so I was asking him, I said, what would you do if the chute didn't open? Somebody said, pray. I said, no, no, hold on. That's not the way it works. You pray before you get on a plane and jump out, and God will tell you not to. Amen. They took Jesus to the pinnacle of the temple and and said, cast yourself down. He said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Amen. That's the word. Stay out of the plains. If you jump out, you're on your own. joking. Amen. I preached it, so that's all I can do, right? I can lock the door and not let her out of the house. Amen. And so the idea is to to consult God first, and he'll keep you from a lot of trouble. Consult him first. Inquire of God first. And, and and he will keep you from the trouble. We make the decisions, get in the trouble. Oh, God, help me. Right? That's the way we do it. Because we want to do what we want to do, and then when it doesn't work out, we want God to get us out of it. And God will get you out of it. But you got to do some digging. Come on, somebody. You got yourself in the mess. You're in a situation that you can't get out of yourself. The only way to retain the water that he's going to send to you is to get rid of some stuff that's clouding your life and filling your life and keeping you from receiving what God has for you. I don't care what you say. That's good preaching. Amen. That'll get you out of the mess. Those things that you're involved in, that's what's causing the trouble. That relationship, those people that you're listening to, that drug you're pumping into your arm. Come on, somebody. You need to get rid of that stuff. Make up your mind. I'm not going back. It's gone for good. And let God fill you with his fullness. He'll do it in Jesus' name. He'll do it. You make up your mind, and he'll deliver you. Amen. I feel the power of God right now. You make up your mind. I'm not going back. I'm letting go of that. I'm getting rid of it. Come on. I'm throwing it in the trash can, and he'll deliver you in the name of Jesus. But he won't take what you don't want to let go of. Amen. He won't. He'll let you keep it. Amen. But if that water would have came... And they wouldn't have dug any ditches. It would have soaked, sunk in. And they would have lost the benefit of the blessing that the Lord wanted to send them because they weren't obedient to the word of God. 
can't get off of it. You need to inquire of the Lord. Somebody say inquire of the Lord. Cover it in prayer. Anytime there was a big decision to be made, read through the Bible. They set aside themselves. They fasted and they prayed. Come on, they put on sackcloth and ashes. It means they made themselves uncomfortable. They emptied themselves out. Come on, you need to get to a place where it doesn't matter either way, whether I do it or I don't do it. Empty yourself out of your self-will before God. Empty yourself out of your own plans, your own ambitions and dreams. And that way you can receive whatever the answer is, or whatever, thus saith the Lord. Prepare yourself to receive from God. The reason why David was successful and Saul failed. Read through the, the, the books of, of 1 Samuel, and, uh, the book of 1 Samuel, and look how many times that it says about Saul that he inquired not of the Lord. The day he died... It says, he inquired not of the Lord. And he went out into battle, did it his way, and him and his sons were both killed. What killed him was his desire to do it his own way, have his own thing, and not do it God's way. Not even to ask God, are you with me or not? Are you for me or not? Is this your will or not? But just do it and leave the results up to chance. I want to tell you that the mercy of God has covered your life up until this point. But you're hearing the word of God tonight for your life. You need to inquire of the Lord. Inquire of the Lord. Ask God what he thinks about it. Amen. David, read it, the situations that came up. David inquired of the Lord every time. Bring hither the ephod. Amen. The divine direction of God. Come on. Bring, bring the ephod. Inquired of the Lord. Lord, should I go? Shall I not go? Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I not pursue after the troop? There was one time that they burned Ziklag with fire. They stole his family, his children, and his wives, and all of his men's children and wives, and took them captive. Amen. And the Bible says that David wept until he had no more power to weep. You would think that being in a situation like that, that you would just go after him. Right? But that's not what it says. Even in his rage, even in his mourning, even in the desire to save his children and his wives, come on, he still inquired of the Lord. Amen. He still called on the Lord and said, shall I go after him? Shall I overtake them? Am I going to win this battle? My life is not my own. It's yours. These children are in your hands. My wife is in your hands. Shall I go after him? Shall I fight this battle? And the Lord said, go, pursue, and without fail, you shall recover all. I want to tell you tonight, when you have the direction of the Lord, you have confidence in God that you're going to win. Amen. I'm going to win. Somebody say, I'm going to win. Because I'm doing it his way. <laughs> I'm going to win because I'm asking him what he thinks about it. 
Come on, I'm going to win because God's word is with me and God's word never fails. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word shall endure forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. And when you're in the middle of God's will with a word over your life, you can go with confidence in knowing God is with me. God is for me. I shall not fail. Somebody say, I'm going to inquire of the Lord. Man, I'm preaching. It's Thursday and I'm preaching. Amen. Is this all right? I don't have very much time. Bump your neighbor and tell him, ask the Lord what he thinks. Come on. Before you make that phone call, ask the Lord what he thinks. Before you pursue that relationship, ask the Lord what he thinks. Before you buy that new car, ask the Lord what he thinks. Before you take out that credit card, ask the Lord what he thinks. Come on, somebody. Before you put that into your body, ask the Lord what he thinks. Before you watch that, ask the Lord what he thinks. Come on. Before you listen to that, ask the Lord what he thinks. And he'll guard you. He'll protect you. He'll keep you safe. Come on. He'll set you aside of his own. And he'll pour into you those things that you need. He'll meet the need. Somebody say, he'll meet the need. Sex can't do it. Feels good for a moment. How many know there's pleasure in sin for a season? It feels good while it's happening. Amen. I used to, when I was teaching New Life every week, I'd tell, I'd tell the students that uh, uh, New Life is our new convert discipleship class. I would tell them that sin is like bazooka bubblegum. Anybody ever ate bazooka bubblegum? It's good for about five seconds. You're like, mmm, man, that's good. Sucking all the sugar out of it. After about 15 seconds. And then in order to get that bad taste out of your mouth, what do you got to do? You got to eat another piece. Yeah. And you put that piece in and you're like, mmm, it's soft and it's sweet. So easy to chew. Tastes so good. I don't know what they put in that, but it's addicting. It'll pull the fillings right out of your mouth. Am I telling the truth? You chew on it for a few seconds, and then it starts getting hard and hurting your jaws, and you're like, and it's pulling your 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 fillings out of your teeth, and it's hurting. You're like, man, I got to get rid of this, and you spit it out. That's sin. Man, it tastes good. It does. The Bible says it does. There's pleasure in it. For a season, for moments. For a moment, man. 
Amen. If it tastes that good, it's not godly. Come on. Amen. If it tastes good to your flesh, and your flesh is addicted to it, amen, it's of the devil. It tastes good. It feels good for some moments. But then after it's done, the Bible says that lust, where lust is conceived, how's it go? It brings forth sin. Right? The desire and the lust for those wrong things bring, brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. Amen. Once the, the, the pleasure wears off, there's only the guilt and the shame and the damage that it's done to your spirit, to your soul, and to your body. Amen. The only that's left is the pain. All that's left is the brokenness. All that's left. And in order to get rid of that feeling, you got to eat some more. Come on. you got to get some more because that's the only thing that'll make it go away. But living that cycle of destruction will lead you to a life filled with death and ultimately destroy your soul. God wants to free us from that. Amen. He wants to free us from our own impulses, our own emptiness, and give us a life that's worth living. How many want a life worth, worth living? Value, man. Value. When I come home and I see my wife and my children and my girls come running to the door and give me a hug. Man, there's nothing, be there's nothing better than a safe home, a home protected by the presence of God. There's nothing better. Amen. Uh, it's, I'm the king of, of my palace. Amen. And my palace is filled with peace and joy because my household's ran according to God's word. Amen. We don't let the devil live there. We don't want him there. We don't invite him there. Things are done God's way. Amen. And we have a godly home with godly relationships, with a hand and a blessing of the Lord upon it. That is a valuable life. Man, it's a valuable life. Esau had a brother by the name of Jacob. Esau was a cunning hunter. Man, I'm just going to tell this story and I'm going to be done. I'm not even going to get to the other two. Esau was a great hunter. people preach against hunting. I wouldn't like that very much. <laughs> Amen. But he would hunt down his prey and kill it. And he'd eat it. He was good at it. Amen. He went out one day and he was looking for a deer to kill something. Couldn't find anything. He was fruit fruitless. His, his hunt was fruitless. He couldn't, he couldn't kill. He, he didn't see the deer. It, it smelled him and ran away. He missed. I, have you ever missed? Amen. You missed the mark and it left you empty. He came back to the camp empty, hungry, I mean, have you ever been so hungry that you'd eat about anything? So hungry. Jacob's there, his brother. 
his younger brother by a couple seconds. They were twins. Esau was born first. In Jewish culture, the firstborn got the blessing of the father, which was a double portion of the family inheritance. Not only that, they got to rule the family. After the father died, the, first in, the firstborn son was the one who ruled the family, made the decisions. And man, he was king. And so Jacob wanted the blessing. They call it the birthright. Esau was born with the birthright. Jacob wasn't. Jacob wanted the birthright. But it was yet to be seen about Esau whether or not he wanted what God had for him. He comes into the camp, and Jacob's making lentil soup. Yeah. Think about it. What are lentils? Lentils are like beans, like pea, like beans or peas. Or anybody ever had bean soup? Some people like bean soup. You're crazy. It's nasty. And your stomach will tell you that after you eat it. And everybody around you. Hey, that'll preach. He's making lentil soup. Stirring it up. Esau comes over and sits down by the fire. Esau's like, what's it going to take to get a bowl of that soup? He said, I'll give you a bowl. Well, your birthright. For your birthright, I'll give you a bowl of soup. Big bowl. And Esau says, well, what good's a birthright going to do me if I, if I start to So he traded his birthright for a bowl of soup. His birthright was what he was born for. He traded it. And later on, the Bible says about Esau that he sought for repentance. He, he sought it carefully with tears but couldn't find repentance. Even though he wanted to get back what he had done wrong, it was too late. He had already made the decision to trade the purpose or the plan of God for his life for a bowl of soup, for something that would last him just moments of his life, something that would satisfy that hunger for just a moment, something that would satisfy the appetite on the inside for just a few moments. He traded his purpose in life, his eternal purpose in what God had birthed him to be for a bowl of soup. I want to tell you, if you're hungry on the inside, give it to God. Don't you go after the things of this world. Don't you dare go after something that will only satisfy you a moment and give away your eternal future for a bowl of soup. To us, can, can, can we really understand this, this picture? My son Luke goes in, he's in, the, he's in the kitchen every five minutes. We'll eat dinner, and it'll be 15 minutes later, 
going to be pacing the floor. Man, I'm hungry. Dad, I'm hungry. You want to order a sub? Dude, I just ate. Huh? You're not hungry? No, I'm not. He'll, he'll be in there standing up eating a bowl of cereal by the box like the box is going to run away and hide somewhere. Sorry, Luke. Amen. I'm telling you, if we listen to our bodies, if we listen to our ap- the appetites of our flesh, of our fleshly mind, of what we desire, if we listen to those things, it will lead us down a road of destruction. And that hunger that you're feeling, you, you feel a, a, a great hunger and appetite for the things of this world. You need to begin to cast some of those things off and say, I'm not going to let that control my life and destroy my life. Those days are long gone. I'm not living after the appetite of my mind, the appetite of my body, the appetites of sex, the appetites of of intoxication. I'm going to live after the obedience to God's word because that's where true blessing and true fulfillment lies. That's where complete satisfaction lies. Man, I could preach about food all night long. Have you ever been really hungry? And you went in, there's nothing to eat but oatmeal cream pies. Eat like three or four of them. same concept. What hunger, severe hunger will cause you to do if it's driven in the wrong direction. Amen. If you're listening to the wrong voices, if the only options you give yourself are things that's things that are going to satisfy the outward man. Because the true emptiness is in here. Amen. It's on the inside. And there's only one thing that can touch that part of your life. And that's, that's the Spirit of God. Come on, church. That's the Spirit of God. Stay with me all around the building. Esau traded his birthright for a bowl of bean soup. Traded his future. The purpose. You know what a purpose is? The purpose for something is the the reason the thing was created. He traded his purpose for one bowl of soup to satisfy his hunger pains just for a few moments. 
just to get relief. You know, some of the things that we do, we do it just to get relief. It never truly satisfies. It just makes the pain go away for just a few moments. But when that thing wears off, and it always will, because anything that is temporal, anything that is connected to this world that you can can touch with your hands, or you can see with your natural eyes or hear with your ears, anything that's tangible here, it's, it's temporal. That means it'll fade away. It'll, it'll waste. It'll wear out. It will decompose. It will not last. These bodies, they're not going to last. Come on. How many know that one of these days these bodies are going to die? We're going to bury them in the earth. And he said, from the dust you've been taken to the dust shalt thou return. Amen. Those things that we're doing to try to satisfy this, they always wear off. And then when they wear off, it's worse than before. Let me know I'm telling the truth. And the state of your mind and your soul is worse than before. I've tried it, man. I've, I, I've done it. I've been there. I've been in, I've been in the world. I, I've tried alcohol. Man, I've tried my share of the worldly stuff. You know, I, I, I've tried it. It don't work. Amen. Sex and drugs and fast life and fun. It all wears out. Left my left my left my soul in a state of brokenness, of guilt, of shame. It took me years, Matt. It took me years to forgive myself. Let me know what I'm talking about. To forgive myself for the things that I'd done. And the reason I did them is because I was hungry. But I didn't understand that that wasn't going to fill me. Amen. If you want to be filled tonight, humble yourself in repentance before God. Empty yourself out of all the things, all the devices, all of the things that you've leaned on up until this point. Empty yourself out of all the things that you want, desire, your dreams, your ambitions, all the things that you reach for in moments of crisis and in moments of pain. Empty yourself out in prayer on the altar and lay them on the altar and say, God, I'm getting rid of all these things and I would ask you tonight to fill me with your fullness. Forgive me for my sin. Fill me with your spirit. Give me the satisfaction that I need, the satisfaction that I desire. And I'm going to tell you, God's word is true. He says, if you ask, you shall receive. If you seek, you're going to find it. If you knock, it's going to be open to you. Come on. God is here tonight to meet the needs of your life. He's here to heal those hurt and those wounds that you've been trying to cover up. He's here tonight. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. 
If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.